Hello and welcome to the October 17th edition of Three Songs Pod, the 14th episode. I'm Mike Hogan. I'm Bob Nastanovich. Here we go, Mike.
See ya, Mike. I know who Betty Davis is. You know why? Why is that? Because I took a road trip from Des Moines to Nashville last year in a horrible ice storm with a great guy in Des Moines named Kevin Neal, a local studio guy, good musician himself. And um, he turned me on to it. Yeah. Uh, Nice. Just just literally like less than a year ago. Cool. And we and we jammed to it and he told me all the stories about her and I bought um one of her in fact I think her most recent release, which of course is a compilation of old music from the same era of that as that. And of course she's Miles Davis's ex wife. Right. And yeah. she's actually the inspiration for Bitch's Brew. That's right. And Fee to Kilimanjaro. Is, um, She's, and she, I believe, I don't know if it would be the case with that particular song, you'll have to tell me, but I believe that was a lot of Hendrix's backup band playing with her. Um, you know, I don't know about that. Uh, it's possible. Um, I know Mitch so, Mitchell played with her a lot. Yeah, so that was Betty Davis. The song was They Say I'm Different, which was the title track from her 1974 record, which was recorded after she was married to Miles. She was with, she was actually with Hugh Masekela in the late 60s, and then she met Miles and started dating him, and they got married for a few years. Of course, it was a pretty tumultuous time in Miles's life, but she's the one that turned him on to Hendrix and Sly and all of that, and really kind of inspired Bitches Brew in the fusion era for Miles. Uh, I think I think that that he actually sort of suppressed her her own releases for whatever crazy reason, and after they got divorced a lot of her stuff was released could be yeah i don't i don't know the the full history or any of it but uh but i do know could have that, been jealousy on the part of miles well yeah he, he you know. i think he was a little controlling but anyway <laughs> she is uh she is a powerhouse betty davis oh my god yeah you, like um everything i've heard and i'm talking 15 to 20 songs including the one record i have which i don't have in front of me it was released in the last few years yeah, I think tremendous. I mean, I think really most fun. of the stuff that's available was recorded in the early '70s, and some of it was released at the time and just not successful at all, uh, and then forgotten for years. And some of it was unreleased and has only come out uh, in the last few years. But, uh, but yeah, a lot of that. I think Light in, Light in the Attic. I think released reissued a bunch of their her stuff, and um, but yeah, just just I, I, she's another one. We've talked about it on the show. Uh, she, the time I don't think the world was ready for her at the time. Um, you know, she was really, really outspoken. She was very, very sexual, forwardly sexual in her songs. You don't really notice it in that and one. And in her presentation. And in her presentation, yeah, she she's was incredibly, you know, stylish and attractive, powerful woman with a huge afro and a tremendous amount of pizzazz. Yeah, yeah, and a uh, kick-ass sort of way. And and funny thing is, like, as you played that, uh, I hate to always ref- go back and refer to it, but unquestionably an influence on Invoke. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Sure. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> How could it not Anyways, be? I got that out of the way. Yeah. But I'm going to jump into our next song. I got two songs tonight that are kind of from the same era. Two bands that actually at certain times got lumped into the same genre. And the first one I'm going to play is a... <laughs> Is the favorite album. Of, of Mr. Ghost? Well, yeah, and he's he's involved. He got a bath today, so he's pretty pumped. He's nice. uh, feeling pretty pretty electric, and uh, and but this is the Gun Club 
off of their album Fire of Love, which just like Slint Spiderland, which I played last week, is fantastic from start to end. It's like a, I guess it's it's a psychobilly classic record. But Jeffrey Lee Pierce, monumental artist, his sad life ended at the age of 37. But uh, this is a to me a flawless record. It's off of Fire Love by the Gun Club. It's called Ghost on the Highway. It's cloudy in the west. It looks like rain. My eyes are black holes, and I'm burning away. You slaughtered your loving man, killed him in his sleep, and the blood cloud of your murder simply stains your sheets. You're a ghost on the Gestures meaningless You're lost to the living man Trace souls to the end You thought winning as a woman Meant failing as a friend It is not an odd statement To drown a few passionate men You made yourself a diamond To blind young men's eyes You claim because they want to shine They deserve to walk the line Gun Club. So, have you ever been a late night road tripper, like coming back from whatever, usually a concert or something? Or oh, sure, of course. Yeah, so you depended on certain records. That's a tremendous driving record. But when you knew you were sort of hitting rock bottom and you really needed to get home, and you're looking at the mileage marker and you're like 87 miles away, and, and you hear ghosts on the highway, and you think that you're actually like seeing ghosts bouncing around the highway <laughs> at four in the morning. <laughs> That's what that song's always sort of done for me. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Anyways, uh, it's one funny. thing I wanted to do real quick. Go ahead. Um, last week, of course, in our lengthy adoration of the Slint album Spiderland, uh, 
I misspoke and and mentioned that Steve Albini made both Tweez and Spiderland, and of course, Steve had nothing to do with Spiderland. Slim had made a decision to record with Brian Paulson, and Brian Paulson is a he was in a band called Man Size Action, and sure. you know, pretty famous record producer and audio engineer. And importantly, sort of Spiderland sort of kicked his career into high gear. Okay. <laughs> And uh, I mean, he he's worked with Beck, Archers of Love, Dinosaur, Polvo, Wilco, Super Chunk, Royal Trucks, Mark Eitzel, the Spadanes, Cracker, the Sea and Cake, the Wedding Present. I mean, like the guy. Who's who? <laughs> it's a tremendous who's who's tremendous. What a resume. Mm-hmm. And uh, but really what kicked his career into high gear was Slim Spiderland. So that's that's my note on that. I was totally wrong. And. I also invite our listeners at any point, if they hear something totally wrong, to quickly point it out. Um, I, of course, I'm on Twitter at at, at and the show is at Three Songs Pod, right? That's right. And I'm I'm M Hogan says on Twitter. So yes, yeah, hit us so up. Go ahead and like if you're listening, listen to the show, like with your input, like a couple of people sent in really cool requests for future shows, and I'll try to fit them in. Uh, a couple of our really cool Tampa listeners and uh so anyways enough about that what do you think of that gun club song that's cool yeah i was going to say the gun club they're a band that i've i've kind of just dabbled on the edges of and heard a little bit heard um uh, what's their classic record is that is that from the yeah, classic fire of love okay fire of love. yeah i've heard Miami is also a classic but it's more for like you know fans sure the sure. fire of love from you know it's one of those start to finish brilliant records yeah it's one of those that i've heard a few times but like never owned and always thought oh i need to listen to that and then just never for whatever reason did so thank you for the well, reminder next, next time you're taking a road trip next time you're taking a road trip throw that baby in will do will do yeah, yeah. They, they always kind of felt like uh, an american bad seeds in a way to me well funny the brilliant guitar player on that that particular album and throughout the most of the career of the gun club is a guy called kid kid congo powers of oh course, sure played with, of course played with bad seeds yeah played with bad seeds so well, there you go yeah there are links there are That's, links there's the link um yeah. Well, awesome yeah thank you that that was a that's a, that was an amazing uh driving song in in both senses of the word uh we kind of started out with a couple rippers um and I'm gonna go for gonna chill this, chill this baby out. Well, a little bit, like, but like in a tense, a tense droney kind of chill. I don't know. It's a, just a different vibe. This is from an album that I loved. It came out ar- actually around the same time of that Renderers Dream of the Sea record, late '90s. Um, it's a, it's a um, pretty obscure record. Came out on on VHF uh, records. Uh, it's Simon Wickham Smith and Richard Young's, the album is Pulse of the Rooster. And it's funny, you know, on Spotify, I look up and, you know, I'll sometimes look and see, oh, you know, this, this is an obscure band. It's had a thousand listeners in the last month or, you know. Is that a lot? No, no. Okay. That's not a lot. Uh, yeah. and so I pulled up, uh, I pulled up this Simon Wickham Smith, Richard Young's as, as an, as a group, you know, they have two or three albums on, on Spotify. You know how many listeners they had? Three. 
Three. Three. You and you and two other cool people. <laughs> I guess so. Or, <laughs> yeah. or two other idiots. But uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah. I, I I just love this Pulse of the Rooster record. I mean, where uh, are they from? Well, they're from uh, the UK. Uh, and Richard Young's is an amazing, yeah, very prolific. Uh, I guess noise experimental artist has released a bunch of albums, a really, really, really beautiful record called Safi, which is just him uh, and an acoustic nylon string acoustic guitar and singing. And it's basically uh, him just singing songs for his dog who had just passed away from cancer. It's just a beautiful, beautiful album. I would play something from that, but um, one, I don't want to cry, and two, the songs are like 12 minutes long each. So uh, by all means, check it out on YouTube. You can find it. Uh, it might even be on Spotify. Uh, but that's a fantastic record. Um, just sets a really, really nice mood. It's one of those like both heartbreakingly beautiful and um, just really sweet and poignant records. And then, and then he'll just do like crazy noise stuff. Um, but this record is is with one of his longtime collaborators, Simon Wickham Smith, who's very into like Middle Eastern music and Tibetan Ooh, music. I love that. Yeah, like I think more maybe more Tibetan. Um, and he's he might be Buddhist, uh, I think. So uh, there's definitely that influence to it. Um, You'll see. I'll I'll, uh, I'll just let you. Oh, spin away. Sit, sit back. It's a long one, so just enjoy it. It's um, Simon, Wh- out, Simon Wickham out. Smith, Richard Young's. The track is on a bus.
Well, now you know okay. why there are only three listeners to that one, Bob. No, two two things, two things. <laughs> um, did you ever listen to magazine Howard Devoto's band? Oh, after sure, the Buzzcocks, of course. Yeah, so that has like, a, a, you know, similar vibe as magazine. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I can hear that. I was also thinking it's got a lot of uh, Black Angels' Death Song by the Velvet Underground. Yeah, but it's extremely English. I mean, oh yeah. For sure. It sounds like, or also good, actually, it sounds like early modern English before um, their famous song. I Melt With You. Yeah. Yeah. And they used to be like that too. Like, And of course, the whole incredible Manchester Joy Division access, mm-hmm. access and everything comes with it. But, uh, but like weirder. I mean, that's kind of like weird drone to me it sounded like music that a guy that hopes gets up every day and goes to work and hopes for a 50 minute commute to work and it turns into a two-hour commute (laughs) and he's got to be on public transportation he has to take himself away from like the dour state of of like a long commute that because that like that'll space you out yeah for sure yeah yeah yeah, it helps. Yeah, the, it's true. Uh, the English are the English are particularly brilliant at spacing you out and taking you to some weird space of mental frozen tundra to take you off the off like whatever is going on in front of your face. Right. right. And I generalize, obviously, but like I'm talking about, especially like 70s, 80s England. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's just yet another example of that. Yeah, no. We could te- te- technically, we could we could if you wanted to ever theme a show, we could theme a show. We could we could theme at least ten shows on that kind of thing. Sure, I'm all for theming. You know, I know but I'm not, but like because I feel like we should bounce around. But and Lord knows. Nobody in the history of this podcast has bounced around more than you did in your first two songs here with <laughs> Betty Davis, followed by that. Okay. That's right. <laughs> Don't box me in, man. Bounce. That's about the biggest. That's like being in Auckland one day and being in Kansas City the next day. <laughs> Don't I've ever Don't heard. box okay. me in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not boxed in, my man. <laughs> I'm actually going to box this in because I'm going to go to. Uh, I'm going to go to another album. From Slash Records, nice, fa- famous. You're theming it, Ellie. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually I'm not with intent. Yeah, uh, I believe '81 was the release of the Gun Club song I played, "Fire of Love," "Ghost on the Highway," and this is from '83, a band that actually started in Tucson, home of definitely a band that you mentioned to me that you really love, Giant Sound, mm-hmm. Howie Gelb. Yep, Giant Sound. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, but they very much became like a sort of an LA band. But to me, like, you know, they were just a they were just a rock band, and they made some great songs. And this is a, a song called "Gravity Talks" off their. It's one of my favorite rock songs. All right, it's a song called "Gravity Gravity Talks" by the band Green on Red, Dan Stewart. All right, let's do it.
Green on red. Suppose you really, suppose you really, suppose you really thought you had it all in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> many times. And the funny thing about many that times. guy is, yeah, exactly, yeah. Suppose you really knew what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the first time I saw that band was in 1985 in a, in a club called the Mineshaft Cellar in Charlottesville. I was a first year student at Virginia, and I was like, yeah, I should definitely do this. I've heard of this band. Hopefully they're going to be really good. And they were. And I walked down there and there's like, I think they'd actually planned on it being a bigger gig. So they, but it wasn't. So they moved it from the bigger place down the street to the small cellar place. Same place that Savage Republic played. Did you ever listen to Savage Republic? Oh yeah, sure. Not a, not a ton, okay. but, but, a, but enough to be familiar. Yeah. The kind of place where like somebody who books them would, hope that 200 people would show up then quickly realizes there's 30 and has a smaller option okay so but uh i I went it might have been the youngest person there and you know dan stewart's only like six or seven years older than me and he he collaborated later with uh uh, steve Wynn from the dream syndicate danny and dusty really cool bunch of music there sure and uh just a really cool player you know and and a really cool band and made Lisa does some great songs, and that's that's my favorite. But Old Chief, I love that too. But who knows? You keep playing these bands that I've I've heard a little bit of, but never fully got into. So uh, good, yeah. yeah I, I fully I've fully gotten into them, and a lot of it comes from like seeing them as you know seeing them. Sure, absolutely. Seeing them, seeing, seeing them, and then when you see bands, when you're under the age of 25 let's just say for lack of a better way of putting a line on it they make a weird impact on you and if you really love it you're like 
it really opens you up to a whole new music going experience. Like it, it opens sure. your mind. So some some things you walk in and see, and you can never look around and be like, oh god, there's only six people. That doesn't matter. Like just no. pay attention to what's going on on stage. Right. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, I live in a town where like some of the best bands that ever come through here play for less than twenty five people. And some of the most overrated bands play for 250, you know, and that's the way it goes. That's the kind of ghost drums in too. Ghost would like to go see more concerts. Okay. <laughs> he can, he's like, you know, his enjoyment of music is based on this port right now during this podcast. But anyway, he likes what he hears though. <laughs> Anyways, I often digress. What's your next tune? Um, my next tune is going to be probably the one that most people have heard. Uh, of all the songs we're playing tonight, um, it's certainly it's certainly by the most um, well-known artist that we're playing tonight. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, it's from his second solo record. I'm talking about Brian Eno. The album was uh, "Taking Tiger Mountain" by Strategy. Actually, same year, coincidentally, didn't mean to do this. This was not a theme, another unintentional theme. But same year as the Betty Davis song that I I played to start the show. Um, and a completely different sound, of course. Uh, but this was back in, uh, you know, you know, wasn't too far removed from Roxy Music. He hadn't really started the super uh, ambient um, experimental record. So still a rock tune. This is my favorite song, maybe my favorite, so certainly my favorite song from, I think my favorite solo album of his, which was Taking Tiger Mountain by Strategy. Um, and maybe even my favorite Eno song ever. Uh, Whoa. Just a fun yeah. one. Yeah. And, you know, it's I like it, too, because you can hear a lot of... Just listen to the lyrics and listen for phrases. You can hear a um, bunch of band names come from these lyrics. So uh, I'll just leave oh, it at cool. that. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's, it's called The True Wheel by Brian Eno. Three songs, Thank Bob. Thank you. Yeah.
Christmas Sometimes daylights And we've got candlesticks And lots of cocktail sticks We saw the barbers The modern lovers And they look very good They looked as if they could We are the neighbors The nosy neighbors We think just like you would We think just like we should Brian Eno's got to end it weird. Well, you know, he's the original non-musician. He, yeah, well, and and that did, did he do that all himself? No, no. So he had. Um, I don't know if he played doing that. Oh yeah, there were there were um, you know Robert Wyatt who uh, we played on a previous mm-hmm, show. He mm-hmm. was very very involved with that record. Um, I don't. What year are we talking again? Seventy-four. I don't know Ooh. if he played on that particular song, but Phil Collins drummed on that record as well. Um, what kind of world do we live in that Brian Eno is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Seriously, like, Jesus. Yeah, I mean that's insane, dude. That song just <laughs> sonically, there's so much going on. Um, you know, and they, you know, of course. Well, just just like what he's influenced, what he's done as a non-musician, and what he had, you know, has been a part of. Like, come on, right, right. You know, and I mean, famously used, uh, and that's a good example. That song's a good example. Used the studio as another instrument. Um, he's like an almost seventy-year-old man who lives in the south of England that, you know, has essentially worked for about fifty years on his own music and starting with, with his participation in Roxy music, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And been a major force and we don't even have to go into like his, a, his career. You can just go ahead and look it up yourself. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. we'd have, we'd have to take another half hour going through his entire career, but right. Yeah, for sure. So did you catch any band names that came out of that song? Modern lovers. Uh, yeah. Um, Give me some more. Jonathan Richmond's band, you know. Well, uh, and the obvious one, at least Eno-related, was 801, which was um, an al- or a band he did with Phil Manzanera, also of uh, Roxy Music. That's taken straight from there, but A Certain Ratio. Uh, oh, yeah, A Certain Ratio, mm-hmm. yeah. A Certain Ratio. I don't know if there are any others, but those are the ones that. So at essentially, least jump. if you're listening to, to, if you want to form a band, then listen heavily to Eno, and and instead of naming a band after a uh, stick on the porch or a cat bowl, not that those aren't great band names. Right. Well, and you know, I think in the first the first show you played a Saccharin Trust, right? And you know well, where they got their name. Bands. You know where they got their name. Not not a. It's a lyric from a David Bowie song from, uh, I think it's from Life on Mars or Hunky Dory. There one of those go. two. One of those two albums. But uh, Yeah, there you go. Anyway, yeah. Brian, Anyways, you know. I'm going to transition to the modern era somehow, even okay. though this guy is the exact same age as 
Brian Eno. He's the only. This is actually a recording from 2015, and it's from we go from a guy that should be obviously in any kind of uh, music or rock and roll hall of fame to a world record holding pianist. <laughs> wow. Uh, from the genre of continuous music. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read this. Do In it. 1985, Lubavir Melnick set two world records, documented on film and with full audio at a studio in Sweden. He sustained speeds of over 19.5 per seconds in each and played 13 and 14 notes per second for one full hour. Okay. So he's a freaky, tremendously talented guy from the Ukraine who started in Paris in the seventies playing with the Paris opera. And at some point he worked his way to Canada and he's very active recording now. And I, I'm going to end this show. You can tell me what you think of it afterwards, but this is from a 2015 record on the pretty cool erased tapes record label called Rivers and Streams. What's the name of the song, Bob? Um, I don't know off the top of my head, but it might be similar to that. Uh, ripples in a water at, scene? Yeah, Ripples and Streams. Yeah, Ripples, ripples streams. in a water scene. Yeah, because you, you threw yeah. me off because you put in two two songs by him, so I wasn't sure which one to go with. So. Yeah, no, the, uh, well, I mean, the 13-minute the one that kicks off the album, Parasol, is a, a fantastic song, but this is a six-minute number, and uh, it's, it's three, pog, three songs pod-friendly. Okay. Ripples in a Water Scene, Lubomir Melnick. Thank you.
Ripples in a Water Scene by Lubomir Melnick. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, thanks. Lush. Very emotional song. Very, very emotional song. Absolutely. Like if you and I were documentarians, like, and we needed to introduce a subject, we'd go with Melnick. It tells a story for sure. And it's powerful. Like, yeah. It takes you to a lot of different places. Yeah. Now, did you, were you ever taught piano lessons as a kid? No, no. But my son is, he's four and a half. Yeah, has he's he got to work it on the piano? Oh, yeah, he just, likes to hammer the keys a bit. Just yeah. starting, yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, just about every, like, truly skilled musician I've ever known, um, like, really skilled musicians, regardless of what they've accomplished, all sort of started and were immediately recognized as gifted on piano, which of course you and I weren't. Right, exactly. So I turned to maracas and tambourine and like you turned to Little Sister Records, Little Brother Records. Little Brother Records, yeah. Well, and and banging on a guitar for in a band that nobody heard. So Right, yeah. So, but anyways, uh, I enjoyed that program. Yeah, that was a fun one. It was, a, yeah. it was a it was a bit of a departure. I'm but. a little bit nervous about the number fourteen. Uh, I used to be a triskaidekaphobe, which of course fear fear the number thirteen, and I got over that. And now I fear the number fourteen. So I'm I'm kind of happy this one's done and dusted. You've graduated. Well, it's, yeah. it's ne- I'm going to fifteen, which I don't particularly like either. But that's okay. That'll happen. That'll happen in a couple of days. We're, we're now in the rear view. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, thanks. Thanks, Bob. Well, thanks for kicking it off with Betty Davis. That really got me in the groove. Good, good. And thanks to everyone listening. We, we appreciate you. And thanks if you've... Uh, we've had a few people leave reviews for us. Uh, if you like it. Yeah, and if you want to contact review. us, again, at Bina Stanovich, at Three Songs Pod, and you are... At M. Hogan Says. We also have at Three Songs... Or, sorry, we have Three Songs Pod at gmail.com if you want to write... A long rambly message to us. Yeah, fire away. Yeah, sure. So, and correct us, dear God, correct us. Yeah, yeah. All right, have a great we're not time, perfect. Man. All right, thanks, Bob, and thanks everyone. Until next time.